Hello, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Anna Rutberg. And I'm Casey Muratori. And our movie today is Big Trouble in Little China, directed by John Carpenter. I guess when we said, like, who should do the intro? And we were like, oh, you'll do the intro. The answer was, no, you should not do the intro. Computing. You couldn't remember the the name of the movie. I was going to say Escape from New York, and I'm like, we already saw that. Not the same film. Kurt Russell in both. And John Carpenter. And John Carpenter. I feel like the movies are very, very different from each other, and the main characters that Kurt Russell plays are very, very different. Like, it's kind of nice, because, you know, you could imagine, you you hear John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell and, like, I went in with this idea, oh, it's going to be, like, an action movie with, the you know, Kurt Russell playing this action hero. Yeah. And the best part about this movie is the fact that Kurt Russell, he's so incompetent, like, he has no idea how to be an action hero. He's not. He's just a guy. It's it's really fantastic, and I remember this movie being really good because, uh, you know, I saw it a long time ago, and I just wasn't sure because I, you know, I think I saw it again maybe 10 years ago or something, and I remember still thinking it was good, so I'm like, okay, it's probably going to hold up, but I just couldn't remember that much about it, and uh, watching it again, I think it's just, it's an absolutely fantastic screenplay, which, you know, Escape from New York, I think when we talked about it, it was like... It had this sort of really, it had a really fun setup. Like it had all this great tension at the beginning and like there was this, it's like absolutely crazy and over the top, which I thought was actually great. I think John Carpenter, uh, so, you know, what have we seen so far uh, in the movie club by John Carpenter? Well, we've seen these three films. We've seen Halloween, Escape from New York, and now Big Trouble in Little China. And to me, what they kind of all have in common, whether good or bad, is that John Carpenter seems to like to go straight to caricature. He mm-hmm. He's not interested in like a subtle or confused or ambiguous kind of thing. He's like painting these huge pictures, right? In something like Halloween, it's like, it's not, we're not going to do character development on uh, uh, Michael Myers. He's just a psychopath. He was a born killer and he likes to kill people. Who is Jamie Lee Curtis? We don't care. She's just the babysitter who happens to be there. Mm -hmm. Like that's how it is. And then we just focus on the scenes. Like that is what we're doing here. And uh, it works great in that movie. In Escape from New York, I was ready for it to work great because, I, again, I loved that. I loved Snake Plissken. I loved the ridiculous setup uh, of what was, you know, New York is a walled-off prison right, and all these right. things. I even loved all the little character introductions like the brain and that the guy who uh, – the bad guy who has the car with the yes. chandeliers yes, on it, yes. right? So it's like this idea of caricature almost like a comic book that isn't a comic book, you know? Um a lot of people make comic book movies, and usually they don't do a very good job. It's like he's almost making comic book movies, but he's that there's never been a comic book of yeah. it, right? It's he's yeah. making himself. Big Trouble in Little China, I think, is just an absolutely fantastic example of that. I I do think the film has been criticized for being kind of shallow, but I would say that's the point. Like Halloween, Escape from New York, and this movie are all kind of shallow that way. That's the kind of movies these are. They're not supposed to be deep. They're supposed to be really entertaining to watch. Yeah. Right? And by having all of this caricature in them, 
I think at least two out of the three for me, Halloween and Big Trouble in Little China, really succeed. Yeah, I think Halloween, I would say of the John Carpenter movies we've seen, Halloween I think is the best, like it hits the most marks right. And it's so original too. Yeah. I mean, it's just it uh, when you put it in context that of what came after it versus what came before oh, absolutely. it. It's, it's pretty impressively uh, creative that way too. But. I would say for me, Big Trouble in Little China does so many things so well, but it still has a little bit of of some of the like Escape from New York problems of that I think are just maybe John Carpenter problems where it's like certain things just like don't get set up or you're not sure why. Like, I think in this movie, the best example of, like, wait, I was like, wait, what? Why is this? Like, when the lady from the airport who he tries to hit on, like, randomly shows up later where they are and they, like, know each other. And it's like, wait, what? Is this supposed to make sense why she's here? And I think it's just stuff like that's not really set up very well or established very well. But at the same time, like, it doesn't really matter in this movie because this movie is just, like, one thing after another after another of just, like, ridiculous stuff. And it's so fun to watch it's so entertaining it's hilarious i mean we laughed out loud so many times it's so creative and strange and unpredictable you never know what's going to happen next like the first time that that, you know he drives the truck into the alley and then like the two chinese gangs are like fighting at each other and then suddenly it gets like mystical and magical and there's like guys flying <laughs> yeah. in with these big hats and i was just like what the heck are we watching yeah. it was so creative and weird in this in this like really joyful way um and i just loved that experience i agree and i think you know one way to say it uh for me would be that this film shares some of the same problems with like a modern marvel action film which is that things are kind of strung together in an in a not interesting or implausible way. It's like, why, yeah, why is that lady there? Or why are we going here? Or why did we happen to come upon X? Right, 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 right. Uh, and it's not very satisfying. So as a superstructure, it's not very good, just like a modern action movie. It's not really doing that kind of thing better. It's not like Terminator or something where it's like you watch and like, oh, this is like all hung together in this really precise way that's very satisfying you don't just have to watch the scenes. You can watch it as a whole, and it, it works, right? doesn't really have that. It's not super ridiculous or anything in the plot sense. It's not like— No, you're never, but, you're never so confused that you don't, like, basically understand what the characters are—what their goal is. It's not is. gremlins. No, no, it's like— It's, like it's the not char- gremlins, The but. characters just are—like you said, characters. So everybody's super simple, and they're— their sort of like goals are also super simple. So it's never like unclear what people are trying to do or what they want. Like it's just that sometimes it just feels like people show up randomly and like there's just this random element that is good in the movie, but also kind of one of the worst parts of it too. Yeah. So, you know, could this have been a better film by having that superstructure? Absolutely. Right. But does it need it? to be enjoyable, I don't think so, because I just really enjoy watching it. And I think that comes down to the fact that they just had so many great ideas about how to make scenes fun to watch that mm-hmm. are unusual for you. Um, that it feels it feels more like if anyone out there, and this is a weird reference, but if anyone out there has seen like Kung Fury, for example, Kung Fury is an example of a film that just kind of goes all out on something like that. Or another one might be 
uh, top secret. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're they're movies that are they come up with so many crazy things in a scene, right? And this is sort of its own little genre of that. It's like it's not totally zany like Top Secret and off the wall. It's not totally satirical like Kung Fury is or something like that. But it's it's got its own way of making each scene really kind of fun and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And the way that they do most of that is by taking this idea that Kurt Russell is really just has no idea what he's doing and isn't really going to save the day. It's like the people around him are really what's going to determine it. And he's going to be the one who uh, is just kind of always... D- like confused yeah, and having no idea what's going it on. Works right? so so well too because as the audience, we are. I mean, he's a little bit of an audience surrogate in some ways yes. because he's like experiencing all this crazy stuff right along with us, and his reactions to those things are so fun to watch. Like, I mean, right off the bat with this movie, when he's like driving in on this big truck, and you can kind of get a sense of his, who his character is. Like, I already knew right off the bat. I'm like, oh, this is great. It's created this like iconic feeling character weirdly where it's like everything about him feels like so unique and interesting as a main character in a movie um in a way that's so refreshing the fact that he's not a a generic action hero is so satisfying well and i think there's a lot of things that this movie's doing that i feel are really kind of unique takes on that which is he's not portrayed as a bumbling persona Mm -hmm. so He's not portrayed as hapless no. or uh, or fearful or any of those things. He's like a, you know, Sylvester Stallone yeah, or yeah. something. He's playing that kind of tough guy well, action phys- hero. Physically, he looks he like looks that. Buff, he looks buff. He's even handsome. Takes, he takes his jacket off at about yeah. when the action starts happening. And yeah. he's got this tank top and he's strong Carrying guy. A big, he carries a big machine gun around. Yeah, he's yeah. got a knife on his boot, right? Uh, and he knows how to handle himself in... Uh, normal situations like where they're having that gambling thing right Mm -hmm. at the beginning but whenever he actually has to do like some kind of an action he's totally sucks at it and the only time like he ever does anything right it's largely by accident and uh, uh, that just feels so great I think the it starts off with an absolutely fabulous idea, which is the first big action scene. He's just sitting in a truck, mm-hmm. not kind of going like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, there are just right? bystanders yeah. in that first scene uh, where you're watching everything unfold, which is so, it, it's so fun. It's great. And then uh, when things really start to pick up is when they go to try and infiltrate this, uh, you know, kind of uh, den of thieves uh, and... <laughs> They're trying to rescue a girl from there, and and he th- there's this scene with them in a wheelchair. Oh my god! That is one of yes. the funniest things I have ever seen. Like, oh my god, it was amazing because like he first tries because he has like a knife strapped to his boot, which they get so much comedy out of. He first tries to like threaten this henchman with it, and it totally doesn't work. The henchman just like slaps him away. But then he tries again and he like gets on the guy's back yeah. and he's like, aha, I've got you now. And the guy like is like, OK. And he's like, I guess I can't do anything about this. But then Kurt Russell realizes he 
he doesn't know what he's gonna do because he's just on the guy's back with the knife, and and the other guy's like, "Come on, come on!" And then he's like, "How?" Like he doesn't know he's gonna get out of there, right? So then eventually the guy like throws him off, and Kurt Russell lands in a wheelchair, and this is absolutely amazing. He just goes flying back in the wheelchair, like ah. And then he he ends up almost falling off a thing and he has to like roll the wheelchair forwards. So it's like this really muscular thing he has to do, but it's like just rolling a wheelchair, (laughs) which is like the least kind of like impressively manly action thing to do is to just roll a wheelchair forward like one foot is all he accomplishes at the end of it. And I'm just like, this is brilliant. Yeah. The writing was great. The directing was great. Like, John Carpenter got all the beats right and the edit. And it's just, I mean, I'm laughing out loud oh, yes. the, multiple times yes. from the moment he goes like, I don't know how to, like, how to get out of there to when he's rolling, yeah. trying to roll the thing forward. You're just laughing the whole time. Oh, so hilarious. And it only gets better from there. They keep having those things when he tries to take the knife out and he accidentally throws it. He's like, he pulls it out really hard and it just goes flying. <laughs> like They're almost, um, close thing I can think of is almost like Peter Sellers in Pink I Panther. I had the same thought while watching. I'm like, this is like Pink Panther. I yes. actually thought that. Yes, um, it's, like a, it's like a better version of Pink Panther because I never, re- those movies never really clicked for me, but I do appreciate like Peter Sellers is doing a similar thing as Kurt Russell. He's, playing a serious detective. Yeah. But yeah. he can't do anything right. Yes. You know? It has a, it has that same sort of sense of humor. Like it's trying to go for that same the, feel. The, yeah, the the con the juxtaposition. Yes. Of I thought, serious attitude yep. versus largely incompetent. I right? thought that exact same thing while watching it. I thought Pink Panther for sure. Yeah, I mean there's so many great moments. I mean we could just keep reciting moments like when he uh you know, shoots, was he shoot the gun into the ceiling to, yeah. and then he, and <laughs> that's then, the finale, the, it's yeah, great. It's like at the climax of the movie, they're about yeah. to have this giant fight and he yeah. like shoots the gun into the ceiling above his head and a bunch of rocks, you know, like plaster, or whatever falls on his head and knocks him out. It's just like, yeah, it's so good. Or you have like these moments too, where there's a lot of moments where you keep just being like, what the heck? Like when suddenly now there's the sewer monster. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, they eat things. somebody. They're just like what? Is, it's just like a swamp thing. Like the crazy what? eye, the floating, floating eye thing. Like looks yeah. like a beholder. It's like what is that? Like why is that in this movie? And it's so delightful. Who thought of this? Like I don't know. It's so creative. I uh, so in general, I would say that th- there's not a lot of point in talking about specifics of this film because that's what it is. Like, yeah. That is what it is. It's just uh, very imaginative. It's constantly creative and different. And it gets a tremendous amount of mileage out of uh, Kurt Russell's, both his performance, which is excellent. He yeah. plays this character just right. Just kind of like Snake Plissken. He did both of these characters really great. And they're so different. Um, they're so different from each other. They're totally different. Uh, Kurt Russell really just does an amazing job in both of these films. And I would say that, uh, you know, the that idea that he's sort of um, I think I've seen it described as he's like the sidekick. Mm-hmm. So he's like the main character of this film, but he's the sidekick. Yeah. The other people are the people who are really like like there's the um, the guy at the beginning who he's gambling with. Yeah. That guy is sort of more the traditional protagonist. Like he would have been the main character in a normal yes. movie because he's like more competent. He knows how to fight. He It's his girl originally who gets yep. kidnapped. Right? It's all like his story, really. But instead, we're going to focus on Kurt, Kurt Russell. Kurt right? Russell's just sort of along for the ride. He's the sidekick. He's the guy who happens to be there yep. who's helping the hero out, right? Yes, yes. Um, 
And so, you know, that kind of a structure is just really interesting. We don't see it very often. Uh, and instead of that just being a thing that they did, they also just figured out how to play that for laughs really well. And, you know, you take a look at that that final scene, for example, as you pointed out, like, there's it's great. He's like, uh, they. it starts off with an amazing thing they've they've drunk this weird like potion that sort of the old wise man Mm. gives them yeah who's kind of the leader at that point is like telling them what they have to do right they've drunk this potion and they're in this elevator and and they're all like yeah i'm feeling really good like (laughs) oh yeah this is great uh and then they walk out and kurt so you're already kind of laughing because it's just they're just acting silly and kurt russell's really funny and so are the rest of the characters at that point doing a similar thing walk out he shoots the ceiling it falls on his head and you're just laughing for like a minute or yeah. two of the mar- there's martial arts going on and they just cut periodically cut back to him he's just on the floor <laughs> he's not moving and no one's paying attention to him right it's obvious that the villains don't they could go kill him right now because he's uncatch- yeah. they don't even care because they know that he is not important like he is not a relevant part of this <laughs> he manages to get up at one point and he he does something right. He like shivs this this like armored knight guy, but the guy falls on him, <laughs> and so then for the rest of the martial arts sequence, he's just try. They cut back to him trying to get this suit of armor off of him. Yeah. Again, they just they keep having great ideas of how this is going to be funny for the audience, yeah. and so it's kind of this like um, backdrop of of like traditional like stylish martial arts fighting the kind you would normally see in a martial arts movie um with just this Kurt Russell non-martial arts humor mm-hmm. constantly interspersed and it works it yep. works for the whole film the other one I love is that they go up in like the elevator and he, yes. kiss, he kisses the girl and he gets her lipstick all over his lips. So he's yes. these bright red lips yes. and he goes into like the final climactic yes. scene with these like bright red lips. He's like giving it. his big speech to yes. the guy. It's like it's so good. It's so good. So the all of that creativity is just I mean. I, deli- I don't know it's how delightful. they. It's, it's so weird to have so much in one movie. I know. It's like they had so many good ideas. Like you said, the lipstick one, such a great idea to throw in there. I don't know that I ever would have thought of that, right? At, yeah. Like they kept coming up of, with these ways of turning yeah. the scene around. And it was, uh, I think it shows both great creativity and sort of a dedication to, you know, the time that they weren't spending sitting there going, we need to make sure this plot like works in your right, way. Yeah. They, it wasn't like they were lazy because they did spend that time. They spent that time going, how can this scene have Kurt Russell do something truly unique and funny? Yes. Uh, that, that sort of uh, subverts his ability to do the thing he would normally do without him just being bumbling. Right. right? Like, um, and so, I don't know. I think it's, it's a really great movie to watch. Even after all these years, it still feels really, really fresh and fun. I think, again, we don't really see that much anymore. The last time, um, you know, in a way, I would say uh, everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Right. Was the first time I think I've seen an action movie in many years that uh, kind of captured, again, that sense of like creativity and fun Mm -hmm. in an action film. Mm hmm. It's, it's been like 30 years of yeah. not having that in between those two, right? And it's not like uh, they're even that similar. So it's like, again, really fresh. Uh, you could imagine this movie having come out today and you just feel like it's still just as creative. It wasn't 
uh, unlike Halloween in some sense where you're like, okay, you kind of have to make a little mental adjustment of this fact because you have seen this movie now a hundred times. People are cloning it and cloning it and cloning it and cloning it. It still feels like exemplary. Like when you watch it, you're like, it's still better than those movies uh, that came after it. But you see the the cloning. With Big Children of Little China, it's hard to point to another movie that does this. No. It really is. I think it's also, it really shows John Carpenter's range because you look at something like Halloween and it's it's like a quieter movie. It's more mm-hmm. suspenseful and slow and tension, right? And then you've got this movie, which is really comedy, basically. It's comedy. It's action. Um, it's kind of adventure. It's 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 so different than uh, Halloween. And he, he pulls it off. Maybe not quite as well as Halloween because Halloween, he obviously kind of like defined an entire new thing. Yeah, Halloween kind of pushed into territory that nobody knew existed and was kind of like, here you go. This is more like, it's closer to existing things. But, but I mean, he's totally, he's pulling it off, right? He's, he's a very skilled director at different, like totally different types of projects. And it's interesting to watch these two, like you would not, you would not think Halloween and this movie were necessarily directed by the same person. Like you would never know that. I would also say that uh, he's working across a a pretty wide range of constraints here too. So Halloween, very low budget film. Also, I'm imagining he had probably complete control over it because it was so low budget. I doubt anyone was breathing down his neck. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China, much more high budget film. Uh, it's a $20 million movie or something, with, I think, which at that time would have been very high budget by comparison uh, to most things, right? So that was expensive film. And also, I had all these weird production constraints. Like, they wanted it to be out ahead of Golden Child, which was in development at the same time. So there was a, was rushed production. Uh, he had to, like, do it in a very short period of time. Uh, they had to, like, rush the special effects. There's all these things, and, like budget constraints for that as well so he kind of like it seems like he can do whatever movies he's gonna do right like they they i guess big trouble in little china wasn't a commercial success unfortunately i'm not really sure why i i don't know the answer to that question but it seems like he can put together a quality film for in in across a broad range of circumstances my assumption as to why he uh maybe isn't as commercially as successful a filmmaker as he might have been because if you look back he doesn't really have a lot of like spielberg does have a lot of blockbusters oh for sure yeah i would say it's probably because his films a lot of times do kind of lack heart yes quote unquote right there's there's like a lack Um, of of sort of sincerity or heart or or like this emotional core that I think movies for people to truly care emotionally about movies like they need that and that is definitely not something that are that's in John Carpenter stuff I think he gets closest in Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis's character I think she's she's sort of relatable in that way and and so that's probably one of the reasons that movie is more successful he's most successful but you know I totally agree it's like for all the creativity and imagination and and like directing competence basically like he lacks some things. It, I, I would almost call it an intimacy. Like yeah. he lacks a certain intimacy with the characters in yeah. the film. And for me, when I'm watching these, I don't really miss it. I think I'm someone who can watch a film that way. Uh, 
I don't know if it's related, but I'm also the kind of person who can uh, watch, just straight up watch, Curb Your Enthusiasm or something like that. I don't tend to need to identify with or feel that the characters are good or that I'm rooting for them. It's also like Arrested Arrested Development would be Arrested Development. I can watch things in a detached way and enjoy it like like a painting or something, right? I can I can do that. Uh, and a lot of people can't. A lot of people, when they watch things, to really enjoy them, they have to be more invested, right? And I know when that's not happening in films, and I, I, there are some films where that is a problem for me. I'm like, yeah, this... And usually it's because the film doesn't have other stuff in it, right? Right. So what I would say about John Carpenter films is I do think they're lacking that. But for me, they prov- the when they're good, like I didn't like Escape from New York, but I liked Halloween and, and I, I really enjoyed Big Trouble in Little China. I'm, and again, I've seen it multiple times. I really just enjoy that film. It's just a delightful movie, yeah. Uh, it's because he's giving me something else. Mm-hmm. He's giving me something else I don't get somewhere else. So the fact that I don't really care what happens to Kurt Russell or the girl who was kidnapped or his uh, you know, sidekick, but actually kind of the main character, uh, <clears throat> that doesn't matter to me. I'm okay with that. And I enjoy watching the movie, but I can see why this, I can see why he may have struggled to find commercial success because I think what a lot of people want from these movies is that investment. They want to feel like they were really invested in the main character and all that stuff. And John Carpenter doesn't really do that. He just doesn't. I don't know if that's because, if that's a blind spot for him, um, meaning it's unintentional or if he just doesn't want to do that, like he might, it might be a preference where he's like, I don't like that. I want my movies to be more, um, to be more caricaturish. Like I said, I don't want them to feel that kind of Hollywood sweetness. And you know, that could be too. Either way, I suspect it was a problem for me at the box office. It's not a problem for me when I watch the films. You know, there's something we talked about a little bit with Escape from New York, which is like, it feels like he was trying to do that a little bit and failed. Like, I think we brought up the example for that movie of, like, at the later on in the movie, like, the lady stays behind because, like, brain dies or yeah. whatever. And, like, there's a moment there where it feels like we're supposed to have, like, an emotional yeah. response. And I yeah. do think it's maybe just, like, an area that John Carpenter just doesn't really care about. It and might so, be. you know... When he just decides to completely put that aside, like he did in Big Trouble in Little China, it works great because he fills it in with all this other stuff. Like, for me, it's like as long as it's entertaining, whatever is making it entertaining, whether it's like the comedy aspects or the imagination or the the emotional core and the emotional heart or the, you know, beautiful imagery that, you know, something like a Terrence Malick movie where it's like, it's just mostly about that visual spectacle. Like, that's enough for me. But it's like, it's got to have enough of... One or two or, you know, whatever the balance is, it's got to have enough of that to keep you entertained. And this movie absolutely does. Escape from New York doesn't because it's just missing that. It's missing one of those pieces, right? Like it doesn't necessarily need to have had a more emotional core, but it needed like something to keep you entertained, right? And so. Yeah, I think, um, again, I think some of that might come down to the screenwriting. You know, this movie wasn't written by John Carpenter. And I think like that, the screenwriter who I guess was, I, I think I read that he was the director of Buckaroo Banzai. Um, or something like, like, okay, okay. <laughs> that's wild. But, um, the writer, I think brought a lot to this film. Mm-hmm. And I think that collaboration was really fruitful. I think escape from New York could have 
really benefited from having this kind of writing because it had so much creativity in how it was making the character interesting that Escape from New York just really didn't have. Now, Escape from New York, I'm sure, also suffered from the fact that it was probably a much lower budget film and couldn't do all the action stuff. And so that makes it feel more boring because there isn't as much sort of opulence to it. But I didn't really find that that was the problem. To me, it was a problem in the writing because there just weren't enough creative ideas. I think the writer brought a lot to this film and the collaboration of John Carpenter, I think, shot it just right. And the writer coming up with all those ideas, I feel like that was a great match. And that was what uh, Escape from New York was really missing. Halloween, I think, benefited greatly from the fact it didn't need more writing. Yeah. That's not really what it was about. It had the Because John Carpenter clearly has good ideas. Escape from New York is filled with good ideas of the setting, of the trappings, and the character yes, ideas, right? So it's still an extremely creative movie in terms of like concept yeah. and, and visuals, yeah. Um. And I think the difference in those two genres is you then need a plot like Die Hard to pull off Escape from New York, right? It needs a lot of really good tactical writing. Because, I mean, Halloween can get away being slow and about build up and tension. There's not that much happens in it. Nothing has to happen. But that tension is is the thing that makes the movie interesting. Escape from New York... Eh, exactly. Nothing. So in something like Halloween, I think we talked about this in the Escape from New York podcast. Did, yeah. uh, something like Halloween doesn't need more writing ideas. Once you've got that set up, now it's just about the execution. It's about shooting the shots right, getting the music right, getting the edit right, right? All of those things. And John Carpenter does those naturally, it seems like. Mm-hmm. He had no budget on that one. And it's a beautiful film. Uh, Escape from New York, it still all seems shot good and he i think he does probably stretch uh, a budget really well in that movie but it just that can't fill the time coming to big trouble in little china i think what i feel the most is not the extra budget it's great because having all of these extra choreographed fight sequences and all that stuff does feel great so it's good and they have exploding sets and all these things i'm sure so many so many different sets and locations that oh, are yeah. all so visually um, dense and fun. I mean, that one scene where he falls into this big vat of fish and like, yeah. you know, like just little little moments throughout where where it's like the set is is uh, adding so much to the. It the feels film. way yeah. more well realized than something like Escape yeah. from New York because I think he had the money to do it. So that is great. It does help the movie. It's not really what's making the movie. What's making the movie is that writing. The writing of all the different ideas about what we can do with Kurt Russell to make each scene funny and charming and interesting in that way, that's what's bridging the gap for me. So uh, when I go back to Escape from New York, that's really the thing I'm missing. Would a higher budget have helped? I'm sure it would. Would it have closed the gap? It would not. The writing is really what did it. And I think uh, Big Trouble in Little China is probably, honestly, uh, my favorite John Carpenter film, Mm -hmm. Uh, more so even than Halloween. Because uh, it's playing to a genre that I really enjoy. Yeah. I think Halloween, I don't really care about horror movies. When I watch Halloween, I'm like, wow, this is a really great film. It's not really my thing. Yeah. Right? Uh, Whereas Big Trouble in Little China is my thing. That's the kind of movie I like. I like wacky action. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, for Mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. Right? Big Trouble in Little China in many ways is kind of like that. It doesn't have the same kind of really... uh, intricate, interesting plot ideas that something like Raiders does, but it's got that same kind of like 
off-brand main character who has a lot of quirks that work really well and to make the scenes it's, play. It's, it's like a playful movie. It's playful. It has fun to it. It doesn't take the action too seriously, right? Yeah, I mean, like, um, it, you know, that moment in Raiders where uh, the guy comes up or whatever and Indy just shoots him. Like, it's got that vibe to it, right? It's got that sense of humor. It does, and uh, it has the same kind of main character charm as that movie does. Uh, I think of the scene where uh, um, uh, Marcus tells Indy to be careful, uh, and you know, Indy says something like, I always am, or whatever, and he, th- but he, th- and he throws his gun into his, as he's saying it, yeah, he's yeah. throwing his gun into his uh, briefcase, uh, to his uh, luggage, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, that feels like something that could have happened in this movie, Except right? More, it has that same kind of it's idea. It's more right? subdued, though. Like, Absolutely. That's what like I'm saying. It's like toned down. Indiana Jones is as, it's a different take. They don't feel clony, right? It's not like Big Trouble in Little China yeah. was trying to copy Indiana Jones or something. But I'm just saying it, it has that same kind of good mix yeah. to me. Yeah. Indiana Jones does some other things better, right, uh, than this movie does. But it's, this movie still has enough of that. And so I didn't miss the fact that it doesn't have a super clever plot like Indiana Jones does. They still got that Kurt Russell charm in there mm-hmm. and so many great ideas of for, for things for him to do, just like Indy has. Yep. And I and I really loved that. So we still have a, a ways to go. We haven't seen The Thing, which I'm told is a very good John mm-hmm. Carpenter movie. Mm-hmm. I think uh, They Live is another one I've heard. Well, we definitely want to watch more of his stuff at some point. I can't remember what the what the John Carpenter films are that people have recommended. I would say, Movie Club, in the comments to this film, if you have John Carpenter movies you'd like to recommend, uh, I'd be interested to know what they are. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, we're not done with the Carpenter, Carpenter movies you should watch. These three are not all. Right. So... Uh, I don't know if this will be my favorite John Carpenter film. There may yet be another one, but I suspect it probably will be at least number two, if not number one, because mm-hmm. I just really enjoy this film, and it's just got something it's got something special to it that I would say really works for me. Mm-hmm. And I would say that especially because I normally care a lot about plot minutiae. I normally complain a lot you about sure those do. things. Yeah. Right? So the fact that I'm not complaining about those things tells you just how distracted I am from that by all the crazy ideas that this movie has to offer that I just don't even mind. If you can pull my attention away from plot weirdnesses or things that don't quite make sense, uh, I think you're really doing something right. So that for for me, this movie really hits a special note there. Yep. No, I think I think it's just it's so entertaining. It's a lot of fun. It's great. It's a great movie. Um, I wish they made another movie like this. I would like to see another so, movie. Made you know, like this. it does feel so unique. Honestly, it's it's like unlike. I mean, we we've compared it to a lot of different things, but it still doesn't really describe what it feels like. It's kind of doing its own thing. Yeah, we're com- the comparisons are sort of tan- like a tangents. They're like this. This is kind of close, but over here, and this is kind of close, but over here. Yeah. Nothing's right on it. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of something that really feels like like this movie yeah totally <clears throat> no it's it's super fun it's uh just a really strange experience and uh, if you haven't seen it go check it out yeah i would highly recommend checking out this movie um it uh it just feels very fresh uh, even today and yep. uh yeah i wish it was a commercial failure <laughs> no one went to see this movie apparently uh and i've i guess that's fine but uh again like i i, I w- 
Unfortunately, that means no one ever tried to make another one. Yeah. Right? No one, not literally another one like Big Trouble in Little China too, but just the same tone. Holly, same feel, once Hollywood yeah. thinks something doesn't work, you don't get any more green lights, right? And I would have liked to have seen another movie like this, and really, I just can't think of one that really tries this thing. I mean, maybe there are some, and we just haven't seen them. So once again, Movie Club. Let us know if if we're missing out on if something. If you can think of a movie that hits close to Big Trouble in Little China, I'd be interested to know what it was. Maybe Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Uh, ninth Dimension? Eighth Dimension? Seventh Dimension? Sixth know. Dimension? Um, I'll have to go back and rewatch that, but I don't remember it really hitting this tone. It did have the same kind of zaniness uh, a little bit, but I don't think it really had the same kind of uh, incompetent sidekick feel there. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll watch that one sometime on the movie club as well. Well, is that it? I think that that is. I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Molly Movie Club. Yes, thank you for joining us. And uh, from now on, Molly Movie Club will kind of be a surprise as to what movies there are since we're not doing the themed months anymore. So I guess we don't know what the next movie will be, but we will be back here to discuss it when it arrives. That's right. Until then, see you on the internet. See you on the internet, everybody. Take it easy. Bye.